Hey, what's going on everybody? Matt Holmes here with another awesome episode of the Vigilant Life Podcast. I'm looking forward to today's podcast with our guests. Another one that was referred to us by a mutual friend of ours and previous guest, Jeremy Neves. I said, hey, who do you know? As you guys know, a lot of our guests are almost either they're in my network or I reach out to my network and say, hey, who do you think would be awesome on the podcast, whether they are going to totally go against the grain and it's going to be a good conversation, which we haven't had much of yet. So I'm looking forward to that. Or they're just living a vigilant life and we just kind of shoot the shit and we go from there. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce Jimmy Rex for you guys. Some of you might might have heard of him, follow him, especially if you live around where, where he does in, in Utah, because you guys have a big real estate realtor company out there. And I, I think you guys are the biggest in the state, right? Well, last year we had the most sales. Okay. Um, we're not the biggest though. No, we actually keep it pretty small. There's only four agents on our team. Oh, okay. Okay. But yeah, yeah. the most, the most sales out there. So you got, you guys are hustling. You guys are doing, we're, doing, we're the hustling. I really appreciate it speaking, you know, cause you're busy. Obviously I knew you guys just recently had a really awesome party, which I saw on Instagram that looks like that was a lot of fun. So again, man, I, I appreciate you. Uh, and respect your time. So let's just kind of jump right into it. Maybe give a little bit of background for people like, hey, I don't know you, but obviously you're on here. It must be cool. Give me a bit of background. <laughs> yeah, man. No, it's good after. I appreciate it. Yeah, we, you know, I just, I appreciate people that are hustling. That's how I got my start. And we live in a world where we have the opportunity to create the life that we truly want in any way we want right now. There's never been more accessibility for anybody in the world where if you have talent, if you're talented or you work to become talented, then you're going to be found. You're going to have amazing opportunities fall in your lap as you put that work in. And so just like you're doing this podcast, you know, I can appreciate that. And that's why I do take the time to do these podcasts and do things like that for people that are out there hustling and making a difference for other people. So yeah, I'm a pretty basic guy, man. I just really enjoy life. I live life to its fullest. People say about me that they swear I have 36 hours in a day somehow because I just tend to get a lot done. But what it is, is I'm just very efficient. You know, I take care of the things that are important and the things that aren't important, I don't worry about. I just go about my day and I don't try to get caught up in it. You know, like it's funny because we did our, like you were mentioning last night, we had one of our, one of our client parties and we had about 900 people show up. We ran out this place that does like corn mazes and hay rides and it's got this giant slide and you know, we give everyone a pumpkin and all that kind of stuff. And it's just a fun little event. But beforehand, a couple of people were standing there and were talking about politics and they were fighting over, you know, it was going to be Biden or Trump and they're talking about all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And, and I just kind of smiled because I've been staying off. I have, I've been, I use social media as a tool, but I don't scroll and I don't like check out stories and things like that. So I don't spend much time on social media. I just more use it as a marketing tool and, and to communicate with people actually connect it like we did. But it was funny because I just kind of smiled at myself because my world's been pretty peaceful the last month as I've stayed off those things and I've kind of focused on what I can control. You know, it just made me laugh because they were all bitter and fighting over this stuff. And I was just laughing to myself. I was like, man, my world just, I don't have to worry about that stuff right now. So it's been good, man. I've been able to, you know, again, build a really fun real estate company. And then I did some cool investing and um, it's allowed me to create a really cool life. And I just came out with my second book. It's a book that I'm super proud of. It's called you end up where you're heading the hidden dangers of living a safe life. And we can jump into that a little bit if you want, but yeah, no, um, that'd be awesome. anyway, so that's a little bit of my background though. That's awesome, man. There's, there's so many things we can kind of dive into and maybe, maybe we'll go in the book direction first. I got some notes here so we can come back to it. But one thing I wanted to touch on here quick was 
you know, how there's so much crazy shit going on in the world. This podcast I started like right in March when things really started to kind of get crazy and it's going to be interesting to go back and, and some of the things we've talked about and we've gone deep and dark into some of it in certain episodes with other guests. But I think at the end of it, you know, I was listening to um, the Real AF podcast, Andy Fussell's podcast on the way back yeah. from the gym at like six o'clock this morning and something that they had brought up and they talked about is like, no matter what happens, like who wins or this or that, they're like, yeah, they, they have what they feel is the best direction for the country and America and all these things, of course. But they said, no matter what, like they're not going to let it affect them and they're going to win either way. And I think yeah. like, that's great. Like what you're saying, like, hey, yeah, people are going to argue that like, you're just doing your thing. You have your views, your beliefs, whatever it might be, but you're not letting it control you at the end of the day. Like you're still out there hustling, you're delivering awesome results for clients, you're building a business, you know, like relationships, all these things, well, I think no matter what. Yeah, and I think it's kind of how we got to where we are as a country a little bit because you got so many people, all the politicians are pandering to people to get their vote. So they're saying it's the Republicans' fault or it's the Democrats' fault that the, you're in the situation you're in, right? Mm -hmm. like, what, like what me and my friends always profess is like, no, you are the reason you're in the situation you're in. Like Bill Burr joked about this after Trump won and everyone was freaking out. He's like, dude, what do you think he's going to do to change your life? Like this guy isn't making sandwiches and putting them on your table. Like you live your life. You're the one that controls what goes mm -hmm. on in your life. And it's just kind of funny to me because we can really get caught up in this big national picture. But I've always, you know, one of my first mentors always said, like, don't worry about things you can't control. If you can't yeah. change it, don't worry about it. And so, yeah, I mean, on November 4th or January 30th, whenever they figure out this election with all the <laughs> yeah, right. different things that are going out, <laughs> like at the end of the day, my life's not going to change. Like I thrived under Obama. I thrived under Trump. I'm going to thrive over under whoever's next, right? Like whether it's Trump again or Biden, whoever it might be. And I just think that too many people, anytime you start thinking that you're, outcome is determined by things that are out of your control, you start to become a victim. You start to give mm -hmm. away your power. You give away the power you control to change that. I know when I'm barreled in, when I'm, when I'm hustling, I'm working hard, I know the result I'm going to get. I know what outcome I'm going to have. Yeah. When I get caught up in thinking that things are out of my control, you know, this happened a few times with me with the real estate industry because it became so hard to sell houses in 2007, 2008. And what I realized is all around me, people were blaming the market, the circumstances, the situation. Like, it's not my fault. Like, you kept hearing everybody say, it's not my fault I'm losing my house. Well, it still kind of is. Like, you still signed for it. You still got yeah. a mortgage you couldn't afford if things went south. You still didn't plan for your worst case scenario. You didn't do these things. And, you know, and I kind of learned a lot in that time frame. Like, I was hustling through. I became the number one agent in the county through those hardest times because I just refused to be a victim to what happened. I said, this is the circumstance and it's not going to change. Like I've come to the conclusion that we're going to be stuck in this coronavirus era for another two and a half years minimum. I really believe that. I think that this is going to be our normal for the next two to two and a half years. And if it's not, hallelujah. But if it is, I need to understand that so that I can, you know, live my life accordingly and not let it control. Cause I did have like the month of April, I swear it was like in March and April was brutal months and for anybody. It was just like this so much unknown and everything else. And I remember like, okay, I don't ever want to be caught in that circumstance again where I start feeling like life's kind of like rough or like things aren't going well. And it's like, it's okay to have those bad days, but you want to make sure those don't turn into a bad week or a bad month or a bad year. And so I guess for me, again, the more I focus on what I can control, the more um, peace I'm going to be at, the more fulfillment I'm going to be able to have. And I can really decide what I want my life to look like still. I think, you know, a huge underlying point with all of that 
And like you said, with everything that's going on is the number one is just a lack of like ownership of who we are. That's why I'm like, I think like Jocko, he should run for president for, for something, you know, he should be out there, you know, his whole extreme ownership, because I think that's where everybody's at. It's like, oh, well, I'm going to blame this person or that person and the politics and everything, like they feed on that and like hand feed everybody those things where you're always blaming this person, that person, or, you know, like you said at the end of the day, like, well, what can I control? What can I not? Yeah, otherwise it's just a race to the bottom, right? Like you're yeah. like, who can give me the most free stuff? Who's got? And here's the problem is, is what truly life fulfillment, like feeling good and being happy all comes from growth and contribution. It does. It's mm-hmm. surrounding your, your life with love and contribution. So you, somebody can hand you a million dollars. You're not going to make you any happier. It just won't. It can hand you yeah. anything. It's not going to make you any happier. What brings fulfillment is to actually go out and earn something. Like there's no better feeling. Like people always say, "How'd you get through 2008 and 2009 when it was so hard to sell real estate?" Because I've never worked harder. I was working 70, 80 hours a week, and at the end of the day, those were some of my happiest times because I felt so fulfilled every day, knowing that I put a good effort in. And I wasn't getting ahead, and I was spinning my wheels, but I was putting effort in, and I knew I was working hard. And there's so much fulfillment in that there's yeah, so you much weren't growth being a victim in that. to the circumstances you were yeah, in you charge know, of it yeah you know i I, th- I think that that's a huge part and, and like what you had said too is like if you're you know best case scenario this shit magically disappears you know january 1st or into november whatever it might be well like you said worst case you know it's around for two two and a half years well mm-hmm. you have your contingencies you're planning for one where it's like you're gonna win if you go this way and it does because you're already planning you're going to push like you're not you're you're taking accountability and you're doing the work where if it ends up shorter like well great you're already ahead of everybody else anyways but ahead of you know even if it's just a battle of yourself like you're taking that action yeah so, no, so exactly I, think, right. I think that's right, great yeah all right let, let's shift um there's a few different things we want to go over but let's let's kind of bring up your book you know i, I know you talked about that i know it's coming out so um for people like me that like I hear a book, I'm like, oh my God, I gotta go buy it. You know, like let you know, let everybody know know uh, a bit more. Yeah, we just launched it a month ago. Um, we hit Amazon bestseller list, and it's called "You End Up Where You're Heading: The Hidden Dangers of Living a Safe Life." And what it's about is basically is we follow the hero's journey. If you're familiar with Joseph Campbell's The Hero's Journey, yeah. it's basically this pattern of life where like we're never arrived to this thing, and it's like we're all good. Like you're always on this journey to become the hero of your own story, and that's kind of the premise of the book. And what I do is I use my own stories and then stories of people that inspire me to give examples of this, and it's all about. You know, at the end of our lives, um, people never regret the things they did. What they regret are the things they never did, the things they never mm-hmm. actually went out and did. And so the book's really about, you know, we have, a, it's called The Hidden Dangers of Living a Safe Life because we have this idea of what a safe life looks like to settle in, to hunker down, to get that nine to five, all these things that feel safe to us, but they're actually not. And what really is, um, honorable and what's safe is not being safe is going out and exploring and, and finding what's yours and ripping yourself open and looking and you know and anytime you're comfortable in life you got to question what you're doing because again it goes back to that growth and contribution but um, all the rewards in life really do come on the other side of fear they come on the other side of going out and doing something that pushes you out of your comfort zone and that's why I wrote the book to help people understand how to do that and then I show these examples of people that have done that people have done some crazy things you know I talk about um, one of my buddies and there's a guy named James Lawrence, the iron cowboy. And this guy did yep. 50 triathlons and 50 or 50 Ironmans in 50 States 
in 50 days. Like I got to get him on the podcast too. Yeah. He's a stud. I mean, he's doing one. I just talked to him the other day. He needed to borrow my video guy and uh, he's doing this next year. He's going to do a hundred days straight. He's going to do an Ironman a hundred days in a row. Um, in the crazy. state of Utah. So it's going to be the most phenomenal feat anyone's ever achieved if he pulls it That's off, but awesome. bless his heart. And he will. I mean, but yeah, so the dude's just a machine, but like story after story of people like this and like that guy was, you know, he was a loan officer and he was doing great in the upturn of 2006, seven. And he was like, just living his life and feeling good about it. And then all of a sudden it crashed and he had this moment where he had to break himself open and realize, Oh my gosh, I have so much more I can do with my life. And he went out and did this most extraordinary thing. And he's changed so many lives now and helped so many people get a passion for fitness and running and, and the outdoors and all these things. So it's just, anyway, I, that's kind of what the premise of the book is. It's one of those books where it's a super easy read, but it's also on um, audible. So you can uh, just buy okay. it and listen to it. Um, I did that. I, you know, did the extra effort to put it on audible because it really is an important book for me, for people that are stuck if you're not really sure what to do with your life you're young you're in your 20s you're you're in high school or you're in college and you're trying to figure out where you want your life to go like so many people the, the saddest thing to me is people that just they they choose a path in life because it was the expectation that somebody had on them usually of their parents or somebody in their you know their their youth or whatever um and the, the honorable thing is choosing your own path is going outside the comfort zone is you know, realizing that your life doesn't have to look like anything. This life's a beautiful mess and you get to decide what it looks like. Nobody can put their own expectations on you, whether it's a parent or a friend or whatever it might be. You get to ultimately decide what your life's going to look like and you get to decide the outcome. You know, it made me think where, where you were talking about fear and all of that. And, you know, we, we never reach like the, whether you look at it as the end of the day when you lay down or the end of the year, let's say the day you end up dying you're not going to sit there and be like, man, I'm, I'm really happy. I kept it safe. Today went great. I, I really exactly stayed right. safe today. I didn't, I didn't step out of bounds. Like nobody really ever says that or, uh, you know, I accomplished this great goal or I'm nobody so says that, but that stayed safe. <laughs> yeah. Well, nobody says that, but that's what people do. Right. Like yeah. they hunker in, they, they settle, they, they, the job is good enough. Their relationship is it's okay. It's worse than being single. It's their friendships are fine. They're, good you know and they kind of settle into this life and all of a sudden but then so what i really try to encourage people to do is to question everything question all these relationships question everything you got going on and say wait why did i choose these people as my friends why is this the person i'm with why is this the job that i'm in like is this what i truly want to do and if it is great but if not then you know like there's some things you can do to get the courage to step outside of that as scary as that's going to be but there's so much reward on the other side of that Hey, you know, it's interesting that you talk about why and asking questions because the last podcast we did with, with Sean Whalen, that was something that we brought up of like kids asking why and we need to ask why more, whether it's of what's going on or asking why to yourself of why am I doing this or why am I okay or why do I want that and like just diving deep more and more and I think it, it really breaks away those layers of like why, like I don't fucking know why, like I actually don't. I, I fucking hate this job. Why? Why am I here? I'm leaving. I'm going to do something different. You know, where we if we don't, that's where we become okay with like mediocrity is a huge thing I think in society right now. Where it's like, hey, you know what? That that's just okay. You know, this is okay. Don't worry about it. This is you know, this is fine or all right or you know, good is good enough for a lot of people are okay. It's just fine. You know, right now, next, next year, I'll do something different or, or when this happens to me, like we said, the things we can't control that you're just going to expect to be, to happen or 
given to you never does. And so it never changes. Yeah. I mean, people put stuff off and the next thing you know, you know, something in life happens, a pandemic hits or like, I have a really good friend of mine. Um, he passed away a year ago. And what happened is he was a, he was a school teacher. I actually coached high school baseball with him um, at Bingham high school. He was a coach teacher for 30 years and he retired last May. It was last year. I sold his house and he, you know, he beat cancer. He'd had cancer and he beat it. And he was so excited. He was moving up to Oregon to go live by his sons and his grandkids. And four months later, he was dead. The cancer came back and aggressive and killed him. But one of the coolest parts about it was, is we, he, we'd had, he had a really huge goal. Um, his biggest goal was he wanted to um, go to every major league baseball stadium. This guy was, you know, lived and breathed baseball. And um, I knew he had that big goal. And as a school teacher, I didn't know he, you know, it was going to have some trouble getting there. He had eight stadiums to go when I met him. And over the next two, three years, we went to all those stadiums that he was missing. We went and did all these road trips and all oh, those fun awesome. things. And we finished our last one, you know, this summer before he passed away, we, we finished the last couple of Philadelphia and Washington, DC. And um, it was just really cool. Like looking back, like we could have put that off. Like there was every reason to put that off. I had things to do. I was busy. I, I, I had absolutely had every reason not to go do those things, um, but we did it, you know? And when he passed away, it was super sad. And, um, again, it's been almost, it was just over a year ago, but I had this really cool piece of like, man, we spent that time together. Like I'll forever cherish those moments. And we didn't put that off. He didn't put that off and I didn't put that off. And uh, it was just really cool that, you know, it's just one example. Everybody has examples of stuff like that, but you know, a lot of people put stuff off and we, we probably could have or should have. And, uh, but we didn't, and we got a huge reward because of that. Now I got a tough question that, is something I think about. And I think I'm, I'm sure you've probably thought about it. I think it's a very common thing for entrepreneurs or people that want to be high achievers and do these things where you look at it and it's like, okay, I know at the end of my life, because we're told whether we like actually think about it and let it sink in, it's not like, man, I wish I would have worked those 10 more hours. It's always like, man, I wish I would have done this. Or like you said, in that example, like, there's so many things where you could have been like, well, I need to get with this client. I need to do this. Like all these things that are still part of your big goal of hustling and working and building the business, but then having those experiences and doing those things, not putting them off. I always struggle with this of like, I ask myself the question, like, am I being lazy? And like, should I push and hustle? And no, I have to get this done. And then I can go to this other thing. Or is it like, you know what? That's fine. That's still going to be there either way. I still have to accomplish that task. It's okay to not do that right now because I'm going to go have this other experience, whether it's something for yourself or going to those stadiums with a friend, you know, going and playing with the kids. But it's almost like, I don't want to use the word balance because I don't think there's a balance, but for lack of that better term, like a balance of how do you find the working, hustling, busting my ass to reach those goals that are giving yeah. that fulfillment to then do those things, but not overdo one or overdo the other. Cause I think you easily can and like, okay, well now business and <clears throat> things suffer cause you're overdoing the others, but yeah, you can easily well, so, not do enough. So Tony Robbins talks about this as well as anyone I've ever heard. And he talks about being strategically unbalanced and that's kind of what you have to do. It's not about, you know, having this awesome balance all the time. Like I grinded and hustled and worked for seven, eight years, working my ass off. I mean, very strategically unbalanced in that so that I could do other things afterwards. And then when that starts to like, if I start to slip on that, then I can go back to that. But it's, 
understanding that like it's there's a couple pretty easy principles like are you ahead in that area are you ahead in work then you need to be strategically unbalanced in work are you ahead financially if not then you need to be strategically unbalanced to learn how to make and keep and and finance money if you are ahead in that place you probably get to back off a little bit and focus on the other ones if you're killing it with your relationships with your family and your wife and kids or husband whoever it might be then great then maybe it's time to say hey you know what we're in a really good place i need to get more money um and it's just finding that balance, but it's a never ending. You're on a, mm-hmm. you know, if you look at it as a will and you got seven or eight things on, you got your mental, you got your emotional, you got your spiritual, you got your financial, you got your, um, your friends, your fun, all those different things. And you put them in there. And that's what I do. And so it's like, it's not that, you know, um, that I'm always playing or going to these things, or it's not that I'm always, um, working or, or whatever it might be. It's that I get very strategically unbalanced because when you put massive action towards something, you get a better result. So if you are out of shape, you can half-ass it for a year if you want, or you can go, you know what, for the next 90 days, I'm doing 90 hard, right? I'm going after this. I'm going to do intermittent fasting. I got a four-hour window to eat. I'm not eating sugar. I'm not having alcohol. I'm going to bust my ass. I'm going to do a 45-minute workout every day outside. I'm going to do another workout every day in the gym, and I'm going to be in shape in 90 days. And if you do it that way, and that's your focus, and that's everything you're going on, you're going to be in shape in 90 days. Where people make the mistake is kind of like, oh, I'll give up soda, and then they you know, replace it with things that are just as bad for them, or whatever it might be. Or they say, like, mm-hmm. oh, I'll start going to the gym, and they get there twice a week. It doesn't do anything. And so it's about being strategically unbalanced to wherever you feel like you need to be. If I, I know in real estate, like, it's funny because everyone's like, dude, like, because I was the number one agent, you know, in my county or top three agent for the last 10, 15 years. And this year, um, I've backed off a lot of what my team do a lot more of it because I've been focusing on some other areas I really needed to, to hit on. And yesterday, actually, I had a couple hours. I'm like, you know, what? I'm just going to hit it hard today. Just calls. And I made calls for like two, three hours, just hit it hard. And by the end of that, I literally had like seven or eight new leads. And I kind of laughed to myself. I'm like, man, I'm really good when I want to do this to like just grind this. And it doesn't mean I need to do it all the time. But if I feel like I'm falling low on listings or like, okay, wait, we don't have as many deal flow coming in as I like, then I know I can get on and grind that for a couple of days and build that thing up very quickly. Mm-hmm. And so again, that's the balance that I try to find, but you've got to focus intently on what you're doing because unless you have massive action towards it, you're not going to get a massive result. Okay. That makes sense. So it's almost like, you know, they, they say like, don't celebrate too early, you know, like, okay, a little bit of success. Okay. That's great. You know, you could be like, Hey, this is cool. Maybe, maybe go out to dinner or whatever, but it's like, okay, well, I'm not where I really want to go or I'm not to like my a game yet. So I still need to keep pushing. And then maybe it's like, Hey, you know what? I hit that. Now let me do, take my family. Let's do a vacation. Let's kind of do a little bit of time. It's almost the, like an adjustable balance in the way well, it like is, one's always going to take more than the other yeah and i think that quality is as important as anything right like when you're on vacation be on vacation you know like i just got back from belize i was there for, for my birthday with my girlfriend and you know and i stayed off my phone almost the entire time like i made very few work calls i made two or three calls just that i had to make or i'd make them in the morning before she got up or something like that but i didn't want i wanted to be there i wanted to actually be able to spend that time and so for five days, I, you know, I was extremely focused on my relationship on trying to do that. And, and that's just, you know, it doesn't mean that the relationship always goes perfect or that your family life's going to be perfect, all these different things, but it means that you are putting the massive action towards it. But yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I just look at my life and say, okay, whatever I'm doing, I'm going to do very well, whatever I'm focused on, I'm going to focus on that. Um, you know, and anyone that I'm putting time and effort towards, I want to make sure they feel like the most important person with me. I try to do that, you know, and that's something that 
all is a dance that we're always playing, but I think yeah. those are the keys to, to really being successful at that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and that's something, you know, I, I struggle with for, for me with the, you know, business, cause I have, you know, my marketing business and all that stuff where I'm looking more at, uh, the growth aspect for me is okay. Well, I, I know I keep hitting this plateau where I'm the one that's in the way where I need to remove myself from some of that and build that other team. So let's say just the business can keep growing. I can remove myself from some of the day-to-day and deliverables. So it's not like, you know how it is. Like you can only work or you can only do so much until you have to start giving things or other things start falling apart. So, or on vacation, being able to go on vacation and be like, okay, well, I don't have to worry as much. Like if there's a fire, yes, I'm here. That's my job to put out the fire, but everybody's doing their thing and I can focus more on the vacation and the family. I don't have to be attached to my phone or be at every client and person's beck and call because I have other people that are manning the ship per se while I'm on vacation. So that's something, you know, that I'm working towards as far as the business and things like that go. So I can do more of those things instead of my brain just being like in the trenches of it all the time. Yeah, that's exactly right. Okay, awesome. So, you know, I want to shift another gear and this is kind of different in a way, but it's really more towards like your profession because we, I know there's like, we're looking at buying one of our first houses. I know other people are looking at, Hey, should I sell? Should I, this, should I, that? And with being a vigilant life, like financial and those kinds of things are part of having a vigilant life. With that being said, I've heard a few different things for people when it comes to the market right now of like, Hey, right now it's great. Like it's a seller's market. Everything's doing good with the economy, but, but other people that I've talked to kind of behind, they're like, yes, it's good but it's not gonna last for kind of much longer that they're saying, you know, within the next six months, banks are pulling notes, there's gonna be kind of a flood of homes and all these things and the market's gonna kind of really change. So we've had some people say like, hey, if you find the house and you want it and it's it, like obviously buy it, like that's up to you. And we've had some people say like, just wait, because if the house is still available, like you're gonna find a lot more for much better prices because right now nobody has a reason to kind of bargain or drop prices or you'll buy a home in the next year, all of a sudden it's going to be worth much less in the market. Like how is that stuff going right now? Yeah. I mean, the people that are, you know, everyone has their opinions of what's going on, but at yeah. the end of the, I've had people since 2014 telling me that it was dangerous that I was saying the market was going to go up. It's gone up 45% since then, you know, and um, at the end of the day, when you look at the, all the indicators, I mean, every individual market is different. LA is going to be different than Utah versus Florida mm-hmm. and everything else in between. And so again, each market kind of speaks for itself. But that being said, you know, all the financial, here's the thing is like, if you're buying real estate the right way and you're buying it for the long term as an investment, then you kind of can't lose either way because you buy off the cash flows you buy um, making sure that the property in a good market, bad market or still market is going to still be paying you money. So that's what we teach people to do. So they don't get in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, we only buy stuff that cash flows. We make sure that uh, whatever we're selling our clients, like especially on investment stuff um, that there's a plan. If the market does tank, it doesn't matter. You're not going to sell, but at the end of the day, the market's not going to tank. all the factors that caused it to quote unquote tank before they're just not in place anymore. We have a lack of inventory. We don't have enough homes interest rates are in the twos. And so the affordability of homes, even though houses have gone up in price, their affordability is, is just as good as it was back then. And so you've got all these things that play into it. And so for us, 
again, it's like, it's, I mean, I'm super bullish on the market still. Like I think we have at least another year where it's going to go up. And mm-hmm. if it, you know, I had people literally for the last several years, every year, like I do these Facebook live videos and teach my clients what the market's doing. I have people every year like, dude, that's dangerous to say it's going to keep going up. And every year it's gone up like 7%, 8%, 9%, like every single year. So even in its worst, even in the, the financial collapse of 2007, 2008, the real estate market in Utah fell 21% at its peak, okay, from its peak to its bottom. We've gone up 10% in the last year. And we're going to go up again another 5 to 7% in this next year, it looks like. Every indicator shows that we just we don't have enough homes to sell. So we're going to do that. Yeah. And so if you look at it that way, and you say, okay, well, if it goes up, we'll say five or 10 more percent. Let's say it goes down the worst case scenario, which it won't. None of those things are around anymore, 20%. As long as I'm not selling it at the bottom, within another year or two, it'll be back up to where I bought it at. And so you're still every single month, if it's an investment property, let's say it goes up 5%, down 20, up five, up five, up five, you're back even on the price. But in those four years, you'd have paid off and collected in cash flow twenty to $30,000 on the right property. And so mm. even if it's a good or bad market, as long as you do it the right way, and I encourage you, if you want to like hear exactly why, how this all works, um, I did an interview with my business partner, Tyler Bennett, on my podcast, The Jimmy Rex Show. I think it's episode like 234 or something. It's 230s. Um, and we kind of break this all down really specifically so people can understand it because where people get in trouble is trying to time the market. The important thing is to have your money in the market and make sure it's in the right properties. Because if it is, and even in a terrible market, you're actually going to make money every single month. And that's one of the cool things about real estate. That's awesome. And then that's something I think some people don't realize is for us right now, we're looking at like buying our first family because we have a big family. It's super hard to find things that like we want. Like, so it's like, yeah, we're looking at like, this is our home. It's not like an investment. We've, we understand that aspect where I think people look at like, why am I buying my family home and it's an investment? Like, no, it's not. Like buying multi-unit or these other things like you're talking about, those are investments and that's a different kind of a thing to where I think people are saying like, what, how am I gonna make money? Like, I'm not saying like buy it and you're gonna live in it and you're gonna get paid for it. Like, no, you own the property and it's making you money that way yeah and well and even in this market too like yeah i mean you got to live somewhere right and yeah. so at the end of the day i say like well it's still going to be cheaper to own the home no matter where it's at pretty much anywhere than it would be to rent that same home because of rates so you're still better off buying the home um and having the flexibility of being the homeowner instead of being you know uh, at the will of, of maybe a, a landlord and in some cases it is better to to rent but in most cases you're better off owning right now yeah. And that's, that's kind of the thing where we're in the process of right now, hopefully before uh, it's supposed to start snowing this week and we want to try and get everything done and move before that. That's the worst thing to do moving in the winter, but what can we control? Can't control everything. So we just work with what we've got, you know? That's right. So um, one thing I want to touch on too then is efficiency. I know you talked about that and how you're, very efficient within your days. What are some things that you can kind of give on how you structure your days, how your finance, okay, like this, I need to delegate this shit isn't even important. Like throw that away. This is what I need to be focused on. So you are that efficient and you are doing more. Like you said, people think you got like 36 hours in a day where most people get to the end of their day and they're like, God, I wish I had more than 24 hours. Well, we're not being as efficient with our time, obviously. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, again, that comes back to just 
focusing on the things that you can control and then not worrying about the things that you can't, I think is the, the best way I can put that. I've just, I've become a master at controlling the things that I have input in. And I'm very good at delegating. I let people in my life do things that are, if they're better than me, I let them do it. So like I have a marketing guy who helps me with all my social media, who helps me with my podcast, who helps me with all my YouTube stuff. And he's so good at it. I let him do all that. So I don't have to focus or learn those things. He does all my training courses, all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, and then I have, um, I have somebody that does all the things that, again, if somebody can do it better than me, I let them do it. Um, I have a very good office manager who's kind of like my business partner in my real estate stuff. And he is amazing at what he does. He's amazing at the paperwork and keeping everything organized. And just like last night, like I get there, all the signs are there, everything's set up, everything's taken care of, everything's been handled with the place we're renting from. I get to go there, just network with everybody, talk to everybody, shake hands, post pictures, and talk real estate with my clients and everything else was handled, right? Like with my, um, this agent on my team, Tyler, like he handles all of my investor stuff because he's so good with investors and I'm much better off letting him do it as opposed to trying to do it myself. And so I, I partner with him with every investor and make sure that they're getting the top service. So every single person is feeling from us like, dang, like we're getting a red carpet treatment. When in reality, I'm just letting people do their jobs. I'm not afraid to to let other people be a part of whatever I'm doing. And so anytime I throw a party or an event, you know, I'll involve whoever wants to and I'll make sure that people are follow through. And I just, I'm not a micromanager. I give people their space to get things done. As far as my personal, like, I'm not too hard on myself either. Like I have certain things I have to do every day. I've got to get to the gym every day, right? I've got to eat a certain way every day. I've got to do the, 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 the power hour or the one thing in my business that's going to bring me in some money today. I'm going to make sure I take care of that. And then other than that, I give myself some flexibility. I, I like to be flexible. And, you know, like, for example, like tomorrow I have a couple different appointments that I'd scheduled, but it was nothing that I couldn't move. And my buddy called me and he's like, Hey, let's actually go to Texas. Let's go to the baseball game. I'm like, you know what? I'd love to go to the baseball game. And so we're going to fly to Texas, go to the playoff baseball game instead. And I like to keep that flexibility where I can move things. around. So I'm just not that harsh on myself. A lot of people are like, I have to be up at this time. I go to bed at this time. I'm like, no, I just have certain things I have to get done every morning. Certain things I have to get done every day. Um, and then I give myself a lot of lean way to do that on my terms. And that keeps me happy. keeps me in a good mood. Whatever I'm feeling like doing, I can do. But if I don't feel like doing the hard thing, it doesn't matter. It's on the list. It's getting done because mm -hmm. that's, you know, how you keep an efficient business. So it's really, it's, I think, you know, if I could sum it up to a couple of things, one is team. Like we, we all can't do it all ourselves. <laughs> you know, maybe at the start, we all have to start somewhere. Like we're not going to start with a team. You know, we got to kind of learn and do this, do that. But as you grow, being able to delegate and hand over things. And I think that's hard for not all, but I think majority of entrepreneurs would like kind of letting that shit go. Cause you're like, Oh my God, like I can't control that fully. You know, there's parts you can, but there's parts you can't. And then having the, the non-negotiables that are kind of the big major things that you said in the business, like what's the big main thing I'm going to do that's going to move the business forward. And that could be, you know, various things. You said hopping on the phone, like you did the other, like doing that, like that, that needed to be done. Or you know what today is, I might not want to do X, Y, Z, but that's the thing that has to get done today, whether I want to do it or not, it's there. And that's like the one power move for the business today. And then having some of that flexibility in there. So it's not like, God, this sucks. Like you create a job essentially for yourself and you take some of the excitement or the, the pros that come out of being an entrepreneur, being a business owner and having that, some of that flexibility. So you're like, Hey, this is almost like we said that balance of 
well, hey, I don't have to sit here right now. I'm going to go have some fun. Or like me, like I'm going to be done pretty soon and have a shorter day because my kids are off from school today and tomorrow. Well, yeah. cool, great. Like I don't have to sit here all day if I don't want to. Like if I if I have to get these things done, I'll get them done. And okay, cool. I can call today if it's 11 or if it's one and I can go do whatever I want with them and these other things. Like that's kind of the benefit of that. So those are kind of the three things I got from that that really stood out to me. Yeah, exactly right. All right. So what, like we talked about in the beginning, the one question I ask for everybody is, you know, what's a vigilant life mean to you? Yeah. You know, when you asked me that, I had some time to think on that. And to me, it's about making sure that you're keeping a track of the things that you can keep track of. It's making sure that you're on top of yourself. It's being self-aware of where you are lacking and where you need to improve your life. I think that self-awareness is the most important thing you can do. And being vigilant of your own life is being self-aware of your own life. Like, where do you need to improve? What are you, what are you lacking? At? Like, if we're all honest with ourselves, we know where we're falling short. Is it in your morning routine? Is it in your habits? Is it in your skill set that you need to upgrade? You know, like, is it in the people you spend your time with? Is it the decisions you're making on a daily basis? These are the things that you, you know the answer to. And I think being vigilant is more about being vigilant to our own selves or our own lives, even more important than it is about being vigilant to everybody else. Because if you, you can't take care of anyone else, you can't help anyone else if you're not taking care of yourself. I think that's a common mistake that we see is people who don't have their own shit together trying to tell other people what they need to do, right? And, and so I think the most important thing you can do is just every single day, make sure that you're doing your part in your own life to make sure that you are putting you know those things into place to be successful in your life. And then you can help others once you're into a good place. I love that. I love it. And, and it's the whole, like they say, you know, in the airplane, you know, put on your oxygen mask for anybody else. Like you, if you pass out, like you can't help anybody. Like you have to take care of yourself to be able to take care of it. And that especially, you know, for like I said, that if we, you know, I'm a parent, you know, my, my wife and I've got seven kids and I think it's very, whether any relation, but even more so, I think as you get to be a parent, you have more kids and you've got business and all these things is it's very easy to start letting go of yourself. And I think that's where the dad bod and like all these other things come in and you're like, holy shit, how the fuck did I get here? And then you're like, wow, okay. Like I'm not taking care of myself. I'm not giving myself the fullest. So when you look around, it's like, well, my relationship with my wife's not, or my kids aren't fully getting me. Like I'm telling myself these things of why I'm doing what I can and I'm helping and I'm, you know, putting these other things aside to push for them. But at the end of the day, when you kind of do a tally sheet of it all, it's like, well, I could be actually still doing better for my kids if I was doing more for myself or my business would be doing better or my, my relationship might, or I might not have this dad bod going right now. Like, and as you start to focus on those things, you really start to see it's like, wow, okay, my relationship is getting better. Like things are going better with, with my kids. And it, it's not a, it's not tied to the time you spend on yourself. It's more tied to the effort and the outcome. And I think that's kind of the, the line, the cycle we get into is it's all wrapped towards time. Cause we've been brought up and so much, like everything has to do with time and the 24 hours where it's not like you're saying efficient. It doesn't have to do with whether you have 24 hours or 36 hours or 12 hours. It's the efficiency of what you put into that time. And that's really what it goes to ourselves. Like you don't have to spend hours with yourself a day or at the gym or doing this. Like if you hit a hard 30 minute workout, versus putzing around the gym for an hour and a half, like 
it's not about the time it's the effort you put into it and what's going to come from that yeah no that's exactly right it's it's being as efficient like you we talked to us about a little bit about this but it's it's not thinking letting yourself get overwhelmed so you don't do anything it's doing your best like it really is just doing the best you can do that day putting forth the effort that you can that day and some days you're going to be great and some days you're not but it's you know ultimately the direction you're going with it all is what's going to determine kind of life that you have yeah yeah i think you know something that i i learned with the gym from from somebody a long time ago was like you know you're not going to always have those great days at the gym but if you do go in and you do the best you can versus like oh this sucks and you just leave or this or that like in just every day in general like if you're sick or you're not feeling the greatest you didn't get good sleep but you do you're the best version of yourself that day and do the best like you're gonna win over and over and over again versus well today's great i had a great day today's kind of shitty like eh, half-ass it you're gonna lose more days than you're gonna win and those days will compound and add up. It's exactly right. Yep, that's exactly right, man. Awesome, awesome, man. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time today. I don't wanna take up too much more of your day. We covered a lot, a lot of great stuff. I'm gonna recommend everybody go pick up the book, check it out. While we were sitting here, I did. I pulled it up on Amazon. I bought one for myself. So I'm gonna tell everybody to do the same thing, whether it's an Audible or the paperback, whatever it might be, check it out. Cause I love ones that are like short but powerful, easy to read books because mm-hmm. you can just get through them so quick. And especially if you're passively, you're listening to it, going to and from the gym or driving, whatever it might be, you know, the, the value that's in there, like the golden nuggets you'll get are huge, 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 huge for everybody. So I recommend everybody to go check out Jimmy's new book. If you are in the area, hit up Jimmy, <laughs> you know, and his team, if you're looking at real estate, all that stuff, you know, we briefly talked about it. And then is there anything else you want to share with anybody of like where they can go or kind of reach out to you more, connect? Yeah. I mean, if somebody wants to connect, um, as you know, I'm very um, easy to get a hold of through Instagram. I try to always answer people if they have like, a real comment or question or whatever. So Mr. Jimmy Rex is my Instagram. And yeah, man, I'm here to help. I, I you know, I, I reach up to a lot of people to help me. And so I, I have a little rule for everyone I reach up to. I try to reach down and help somebody else. So if there's anything I can do, if you like anything in my book or my podcast that inspires you or you want to know more, like feel free to reach out. We'd love to talk to you about it. Awesome, man. I really appreciate it. And that's, I think that's great that you, that you do that. I think a lot of people uh, look up, but they don't look back kind of down and they kind of forget what got them to that place. So I think that's awesome that you really stick with that. So yeah, for sure, man. Awesome, Jimmy, man. I really appreciate it. Again, I can't thank you enough for taking the time. Great podcast, a lot of great stuff. Thank all you guys for checking it out. Share. If there's anything you got from this, share it with a friend, leave a comment, whatever it is, ratings, reviews, always that helps spread the word. Um, And like I said, check out Jimmy's stuff and, and thank you guys. And thank you again, Jimmy. All right, my man. Take care. 